so we are so excited. Anybody who knows me knows I love Christmas Carol so much. Back in 2014, I reviewed over 30 versions on my blog. I just love Christmas Carol. And uh, so I thought it would be fun for this holiday season to bring in my friend Jonathan and talk about three different versions that I really enjoy. Talking about a Barbie's Christmas Carol. I have a fondness for the Barbie movies. Uh, the, the, I've reviewed seven of them on my channel, and they're kind of a, I don't know, I guess you, maybe you could say they're a guilty pleasure, but I have no guilt. I enjoy them. And the, the thing about the Barbie movies is you kind of just have to accept the fact that the animation isn't great. And so you just have to be like, okay, you know, that's, that's it. And, uh, and some people can't get over that, and other people like me can. Uh, but the other production values are pretty strong. I think the voice cast is good. I think the music is really good, particularly in this one. I think all the carols are really strong and well sung, well arranged. A lot of times they have symphony orchestras doing, doing the, the music, uh, which I like. And uh, I, I just thought they had some creative choices that they made in this that I thought were interesting and that I liked. Is this your first time ever seeing a Barbie movie? Yes, I... That's just not something that I ever would have thought to seek out and watch on my own. Maybe if I had, was babysitting a kid or something that liked it, I would have seen it. But the only kids I've ever babysat, we watched an Alice in Wonderland movie. Yeah. And <laughs> like a lot of Veggie Tales. Yeah. That's like, that was like the biggest thing back when I was a teenager to have kids watch was Veggie Tales. Mm -hmm. So that's my, that's my big, I don't know, the biggest thing that I watch with kids. I, Barbie was not something that ever crossed my radar. So what do you, what do you think? What was your, uh, your overall opinion of the film? My initial thought was, this is surprisingly watchable. Right? <laughs> <laughs> it, it was not horrible. Yeah. It wasn't, I wouldn't say it was amazing. Sure. But I, it was not as bad as I would have thought it might be. The, <laughs> There was some acting that was a little iffy, and the, there was one thing that I did hate about the movie. I hated that cat. Oh, the cat. <laughs> or whatever his name was. He uh -huh. was like a really bad Lucifer from Cinderella ripoff, and he was ugly. <laughs> and I was just like, why don't they get rid of this cat? I would have liked it a lot better without, without the cat. The cat. <laughs> Fair enough. I can understand that. Uh, so this is actually the 14th of the Barbie movies and it was uh, yeah it was released in 2008 and they I think uh, I think in the in the most recent years they've gotten uh, more modern where for a long time they were doing uh, fairy tales like Swan Lake, Rapunzel, uh, The Dancing Princesses uh, and those are I think Princess and the Popper is I think very good uh, and it has really strong songs, The Princess and the Popper. Uh, there's also Barbie Nutcracker, which I really like. Uh, but like I said, I think the biggest hurdle, at least for I think most people, is just the animation isn't great. And, uh, mm -hmm. and that can be a challenge for people. The animation, I thought it wasn't great, but it was passable. Mm -hmm. the, only, the only thing that I really the did cat, like, I yeah. did like the cat. And the animals weren't... None of the animals, I would say, were as good as the people. They had the people down a lot better than the animals. Yeah, I think that's fair. Hopefully that's fair. Yeah. It worked out with Barbie telling Kelly 
the Christmas Carol story. And Chris, uh, because of course you can't have Barbie being Scrooge. Like that's just, it's just not right. You know, like Barbie is Barbie and super positive and everything. So you have to, that's kind of the, the workaround on that. And uh, so she's telling the story to Kelly and it, it starts out with a, a diva, opera diva named uh, Eden. And uh, Eden is, believes that selfishness is the way in a selfish world, only the selfish survive. So she has this very cynical view of the world. She treats her, uh, everybody in her crew and everything for her opera act, she treats them terrible, including her friend Catherine, who uh, she is, uh, she scolds for, for, she's very suspect that Catherine is like working for another crew on the side. And obviously, so you've got, uh, you've got uh, Catherine being sort of the Bob Cratchit character. And one of the things that I think is unique about this one is that both the Bob Cratchit character and the Marley character are both people that, that Eden grew up with. Basically, the, uh, you have her Aunt Marie is the Marley character, and she was basically Eden's mother figure in her life. And I can't think of really that many other examples of Cratchits that, like, she grew up with Catherine her whole life, and she grew up with, Mar with Marley as her mom. I can't think of that many other other examples of it being that long of a relationship that, with those two characters. What did you think of, of that? I thought it was a really good way to make this a more unique version. Yeah. Um, the fact that Scrooge is female was already really unique, but this was even more, like they made most of the characters female, which, I thought was a good way to put their own spin on it. Yeah. And I, I liked the characters, uh, liked and hated. I did not like Marley, but you're not supposed to like the Marley character. Sure, yeah. The, the evil aunt. <laughs> but yeah. I thought she was a good character anyway. Because uh, Marie believes that she's just determined that Eden is going to become famous and is going to become a opera singer and so she just says you have to practice you can't have any distractions at all in your life and uh, i really thought it was a clever choice that when marie comes as marley instead of the cash boxes and everything like that she has mirrors on the chains which i thought was really kind of clever yeah i liked that touch and i liked i liked the way they were animated sort of floating around her instead of dragging on the floor. It was a good way to set her ghost apart from other ghosts that you've seen. Yeah. And she's a very, you know, manipulative, very kind of pretty intense character for this kind of film, I feel. Marie. Mm -hmm. And so uh, past comes and it's a, a little, little girl and she's like this ultimate like fangirl of Eden, which I thought was again, kind of a clever choice and so I think uh, this movie does well is that it is is that they make interesting choices and it's not just completely by the books Christmas Carol they do some different things which I like I have to say the ghost of Christmas past was probably my least favorite of the ghosts because mm -hmm. of her accent <laughs> like okay. none of none of the characters have real accents but most of them are passable 
English accents. This one just sounded like really bad Cockney. Okay, fair enough. I can see that. Yeah. Out of it the whole time. Yeah, I just thought I thought that was kind of like I I haven't seen any other versions of Christmas Carol where like one of the ghosts is like a huge fan of Scrooge. Like I thought that was kind of clever, and yeah. <laughs> and then we get a pretty pretty traditional, obviously female take on present and. Eden gets to see what Catherine has actually been doing in terms of she's not working for another show or another singer. She's actually helping out this orphanage. And uh, what did you think of the music? Did you like it, the carols? Actually, the music was probably the best part of this whole thing because yeah. I was pretty much shocked at how good the music was. Yeah. Like, I did not expect to have, like, a full-on opera singer and i don't know if she's a professional opera singer whoever does eden's voice but she was actually really good and i was really surprised yeah this is really good and i i do think it's a i don't know if it's the london symphony orchestra but it's like a full symphony orchestra that they get for these barbie movies and you can tell it sounds really good yeah the music was probably the best part like i said it was it was just Mm -hmm. surprisingly amazing (laughs) And they, they, they do have one of the orphans is named Tim. So it's obviously that's your tiny Tim. Mm-hmm. And she also uh, sees her, uh, her crew uh, as part of present and sees them, you know, complaining and throwing tomatoes at pictures of Eden and stuff like that. Christmas future. And I really thought that this was a clever choice that they make because what they do is they basically have Catherine end up end up becoming kind of bitter and she ends up taking the philosophy of in a selfish world, the selfish succeed. So she becomes like Eden and she becomes this like, you know, this famous designer, but she's just really like horrible and awful. And I thought that was kind of clever. The idea of like, Bob Cratchit character in the story becoming Scrooge. I, I've never seen that before. Yeah, no, that was the first time I've seen a version like that. Mm-hmm. I, I did not expect that to happen. I, I don't know how I feel about it. I feel like it was clever, but I kept thinking, would she really do this? And I mean, she was treated very badly by Eden. So I guess it's more believable than I thought at first, but it kind of, it did seem kind of out of character, but I guess if enough time had passed and enough bad things had happened in your life, it's, it's very plausible that you could turn better and become what you once despised. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's, it's a plausible take. And, and I think in a way like future is, is, I don't know if it's supposed to be a hundred percent realistic. Like it's supposed to be, kind of the worst, almost the worst version of what could happen uh, and uh, to kind of really scare, uh, in this case, Eden, scare the Scrooge character and get them to really finally let go of that final uh, ounce of pride that's still sort of left and become humbled and and everything. And uh, so, yeah, I mean, this is not my favorite Barbie movie. Like I said, Princess and the Popper is probably my favorite. That one's really good. Uh, But I don't know. I think it's, I think it's entertaining. And I think uh, it makes, like I said, makes some interesting choices. So it's one that I enjoy. 
Yeah. I Like I said, it was surprisingly watchable. It had some really good stuff in there. Yeah. There was not much that I really didn't like, just mainly the cat is what I really... <laughs> I, I have a podcast where I watch Hallmark movies. I, I am sort of a, an aficionado of, of TV movies, particularly Christmas movies. And uh, there are three pretty solid, entertaining uh, Christmas Carol adaptations that have been on the various channels. Uh, there's uh, this one, The Divas Christmas Carol with uh, Vanessa Williams that uh, is, was on VH1 originally. And then there's, a, it's, a, it's, um, it's Christmas Carol that is uh, from, that has Carrie Fisher in it. That's really fun. And that was on Hallmark Channel. And then you have uh, the the one it's I can't remember what it's called uh, with Tori Spelling and I actually like all three I think they're all three enjoyable yeah like they're not like they're not like feature film worthy but I I think they they all are fun in my opinion and so but this one is probably the best out of those three and uh, it it makes some interesting choices and I think it it has. Uh, uh, it has some funny parts. It has some scary parts. It's just an enjoyable film, in my opinion. So, uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to, to talking about the Divas Christmas Carol. And uh, so, basically, the setup of this version of Christmas Carol is, like I said, starring Vanessa Williams. And she plays this singer, this celebrity named Ebony. And uh, she is really, like, cold and like bitter and and uh wants everything to be perfect and is making all of her staff work all these crazy hours and there she's also like aware that supposedly they're gonna be giving all this money to the poor as far as her concert but that that that, that it's definitely shady and her accountants are, are not doing uh the right thing uh she's she has this niece that she never sees and is kind of rude to uh so she's just a you know just a jerk like scrooge should be and uh, so it, it sort of sets it up. How did you like the setup of uh, Ebony and her character for Scrooge? I, I really liked it because when you first open the movie, it's like she seems like a really nice person. She's singing this really great holiday song. And then it turns out that this is actually for a show. And she's not like who she seems to be at all. She's this awful person who is screaming at all of her assistants and she makes the one guy start crying which for some reason i found it really funny yeah <laughs> yeah but, it is funny i agree yeah so she's just a horrible person and i really liked how they set that up and i have to say that the way that this movie was written the way she was written this could have easily been a really awful movie this could have been one of one of the worst versions I'd ever seen. Yeah. But Vanessa Williams, she saved this whole thing. I just I love her. Yeah. She's so good. I I loved her back when she was on the show Ugly Betty. A very mm -hmm. kind of a similar character. She's just great at playing absolutely awful people. And she's yeah. really she's I guess people that you you love to hate. And right. she's just so good at that and I really enjoyed her horribleness yeah yeah she was really fun and I I, I don't know if I actually agree I think I mean I think there's some interesting things they do and but she definitely elevates it for sure uh, so I think what I mean is that the acting 
Like there, there are some mm -hmm. kind of, there are some side characters who are not that great. The ones that matter are great though. Yeah. If they had, if they had not casted the right people, the yeah. whole thing would have fallen apart. Sure, sure, sure. It's not just her. Like there's, there are other good actors here too. But yeah. I, I, there were a few on the side that I was like, mm, I wish they would have gotten somebody else. Yeah. But they, they have small enough roles that I'm, I can look them over. Yeah, but, fair enough. Yeah, that's true. Well, so they have uh, Jacob Marley, the figure is a former band uh, mate of Ebony. She was part of a trio originally. And uh, her, her name, she's played by, uh, her name is Marley, M-A-R-L-I. <laughs> and she is uh, Chili from the band TLC. And I thought at least her like costume was kind of clever, the way that they they had the chains kind of on as part of her costume. Uh, mm -hmm. As part of, I thought it was sort of clever the way they did the, the, the chains. Yeah, I liked her costume. The, mm -hmm. the only thing that I didn't really like was when she took off her head. I was like, oh, you didn't like that? Of, I don't know. It wasn't like gory, but it was just slightly gross enough that I was like, did they really need to do that? <laughs> but it wasn't enough to make me like, be totally grossed out of the scene. Yeah. I was just like, that's just really weird. I don't yeah. know what they meant by that. Is that, was she like decapitated when she died? Is that why she did that? I just didn't really understand. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I think that was just their way of sort of doing the ghost story element of it, you know, making it kind of scary. That, that she was, she was pretty awful to these, these bandmates. And, and uh, so our, our Christmas past is Kathy Griffin. And I, I thought she was pretty funny. I, I thought yeah. I'm not like the biggest fan of hers, but I thought no. the dialogue was pretty funny. Yeah, Kathy Griffin has become sort of a controversial figure yes. in recent years, but I don't think I, she's been in so many things. Never as like a main character, but I don't think I've ever seen anything with her that I didn't like. She's just she's really good at playing small character roles and really hamming it up in the best way possible yeah so i really when she she's complimented on her dress and uh she says well last year i had to show tom ford all of his christmases <laughs> that was funny and i mean ebony these aren't real people it's like los angeles it <laughs> <laughs> really seems like a, a really good kathy griffin line she just delivered it perfectly <laughs> yeah i thought pretty intense they go to some dark places with the her backstory i mean I, at least i thought like the scene with her father just like berating you know them and like being horrible and her becoming this foster child and and uh, i thought that was pretty interesting it got a lot darker than i expected it yeah right story mm -hmm. um i think they did a pretty good job um i'm glad that it was kathy griffin being the one to take her around because if it had been like anybody who had a, was really dark, like I don't think I would have liked this if it was the Ghost of Christmas Present taking her around. It it need it, it kind of needed her to be a little bit of light in this in yeah. the dark story, I guess. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and you also see that what she did to her band and how she basically bailed on them right right as they were kind of getting famous and. And there's some pretty, I think, decent songs in this. 
yeah, I was really surprised at how much I liked the songs. Yeah. It's sort of like the Barbie movie, except I like these ones even better. Yeah, yeah. So anyway, so then we get to present, and this is a guy, actor named John Taylor, and he's like a hard rocker. <laughs> she gets, she opens her room and her, you know, like they always do with present. And instead of like being feast or whatever, it's like her whole suite is like completely trashed. <laughs> yeah, and, I didn't really care for him as much. Yeah, I I can see that he's kind of like a Russell Brand kind of type character, you know. And uh, uh, it was it it was a creative idea. I don't know if it was necessarily executed as well as they could have, but I kind of liked yeah. the kernel of the idea of it, you know. I feel like they should have worked a little harder to make him more likable i didn't think he was very likable yeah that's true i, I kind of expected because like the ghost of christmas present is supposed to be the the jolly one the happy one and you got a lot more happiness out of kathy griffin in the past than yeah this hard rocker drunk guy in the present yeah i can see that i think they were going for like a rock and roll kind of version of like partying and happiness kind of thing but like, but yeah, I, I, I can see, I agree. He is, he isn't strong. He isn't a great character and he is kind of annoying, but her, her crew complaining and, and, uh, getting upset. You see, uh, you see Bob, her, uh, the Cratchit character who is, had dated Ebony, had been in love with her, but, and we do find out some of that in past, but, um, uh, he now is married to this other woman and they have a son who has is in very poor health named Tim and he needs to spend more time with him because it's very touch and go. And she like basically threatens to fire him. If she, if he goes and spends time with his son, he's like, screw you. I don't care. I'm going to spend time with my son. And uh, what did you think of that dynamic? I, I liked their dynamic together. i didn't really care for his family and I know that's terrible to say about a sick child but he was not a good actor and I didn't like him. <laughs> yeah he reminded me a lot of I, I call him baby Anakin from the Phantom Menace because <laughs> I don't like baby Anakin in the Phantom Menace because yeah. he's a horrible actor sure. and this kid was better than baby Anakin but he still was not that great and he really annoyed me okay yeah I TV movies, kid actors can be not the greatest. I, yeah, I looked him up <laughs> and I saw that he only had two acting credits. Oh, so okay. I understand why, because I'm not the only one who didn't think he was that great of an actor. Poor and kid. I'm sorry to little Timmy if you're watching, but you really weren't that great. I'm sorry. Yeah, you gave it a shot. What are you going to do? Um, so then, the, but I thought there is some nice heart, I think, between, and the idea of sort of Cratchit and uh, and the Scrooge character being in love with each other at one point. That's sort of an interesting take on it. And yeah, I, 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 I'm sorry. I was just going to say, yeah, I like that twist. I liked that they had a past like that. Yeah. I'm not because, so sure that I liked how his wife was handling it because it seemed like she was jealous. Mm -hmm. And I didn't really care for that. I wanted her to be more likable, but I guess I get it. I just, I was well, a bit annoyed with her as well. Well, I mean, I, I can understand because like if you're, if you were stressed out about your child being sick and maybe dying and your husband 
was being kept on the road away from your family. Like, I think I would probably be pretty like her, but I can see what you mean. Uh, she's not the greatest actress or the greatest, uh, the greatest role. But uh, yeah. uh, anyway, it's interesting. I mean, it would have been really easy for them to make him like a single dad or something like that. So they could like reunite at the end. Uh, so I thought that was kind of an interesting choice that they made. I feel like, that would have been the easy way out. I yeah. kind of liked that they didn't end up together because that's that happens all the time. Like you yeah. have these two characters who were in love in the past and then at the end they somehow mm -hmm. get back together. I liked that he did not do that. I liked that he stayed with his wife and family, even though I didn't really care for his wife yeah. and child. Me too. I liked that he stayed with them and it would have been too easy for him to end up back with Ebony. Yeah, and you also get a look at her former bandmate, uh, who is just uh, just uh, in a horrible situation. So that was interesting, too. I didn't quite understand what was going on with her. Was she supposed to be homeless? Basically. Or... I think okay. so, basically. Yeah, like she's uh, just, I don't know if it was living on the projects or whatever. Like, But, uh, but yeah, pretty, pretty, uh, in a pretty bad situation. And I guess she had gotten to a point where she'd actually sued Ebony for the way that she left or whatever and, and for their songs and stuff. And, and, uh, so she, I took it as the other way around. I took it that Ebony had sued her and that's why she was in such a bad place. Oh, maybe I misunderstood that. But yeah, there was, there, there was bad blood between them, between yeah. them. And it, yep. it originated from the way that Ebony had left. And we get to future, and I think this is the best part of this movie. It was very clever, I think, to do this behind the music thing. Because it's on VH1. And mm -hmm. the idea of, like, her sitting down watching, like, the, the, uh, the behind the music of Ebony and uh, these interviews and, and uh, how, you know, she was this egomaniac and how she went down this, this, uh, the, this slide of shame and whatever. I, don't, I just thought, I think that was very clever, very smart. And uh, I, I liked it a lot. Yeah, I thought it was a really great twist to the normal version of how you see the Ghost of Christmas Future. Yeah. It, the, not something I'd ever seen before or would have even thought of doing. I really liked that they did it that way. Yeah, it's really good. We're going to be talking about the 1951 version of A Christmas Carol. I believe the title is just simply Scrooge. It kind of goes by both titles. To say, of the three that Rachel chose, I think this one is my favorite, and I can see why it is a classic. It was really good. For the most part, it was extremely well acted. The child actors were great, and I just, I really liked it. It's widely considered the best version of Christmas Carol uh, by, you know, whoever makes those decisions. It's widely considered <laughs> the best version. And uh, it's interesting because the actor, Alistair Sims, was a comedic actor. He was a, a, a comedian. And I, I think you can do two things with, with a traditional Scrooge story, with a tr traditional Christmas Carol. You can either kind of have a twinkle in your eye kind of a thing, a sort of an approach, and that can be very successful and I like it. Or you can go all out evil Scrooge and not because the book doesn't have the twinkle in the eye that is not accurate to the book it, it, the book describes him as being a sniveling evil like just horrible person there's no twinkle such a good job uh, with kind of 
Uh, it's sort of a sarcastic version. Another one that's sort of the sarcastic take on Scrooge is uh, it's definitely the George C. Scott version. Uh, but this Alistair Sims does a good job with that. And, you know, when you take something to the uh, to a feature film, especially a, sh a book as short and as familiar as Christmas Carol, you kind of have to, I think, expand it a little bit and put your own stamp on it a little bit. I'm not a, tra a traditionalist that everything has to be exactly like the book. And uh, so I, they do some interesting things in this one, I think. And uh, so what did you think of Alistair Sims as Scrooge? I thought he was really good. And I wasn't sure at the beginning, but he definitely kept growing and growing on me. And I, I really liked him by the end. He's, he was probably, he's probably one of my favorite actors to play Scrooge. Yeah. He was just really good. I thought he yeah. had a lot of, I don't know, nuance, maybe you could say. He was just, he played it so well. Yeah, he was really good. Such a good job uh, with kind of, uh, it's sort of a sarcastic version. Another one that's sort of the sarcastic take on Scrooge is uh, it's definitely the George C. Scott version. Uh, but this Alistair Sims does a good job with that. And, you know, when you take something to, the, uh, to a feature film, especially a, sh a book as short and as familiar as Christmas Carol, you kind of have to, I think, expand it a little bit and put your own stamp on it a little bit. I'm not a, tr a traditionalist that everything has to be exactly like the book. And uh, so I, they do some interesting things in this one, I think. And uh, so what did you think of Alistair Sims as Scrooge? I thought he was really good. And I wasn't sure at the beginning, but he definitely kept growing and growing on me. And I, I really liked him by the end. He's he was probably, he's probably one of my favorite actors to play Scrooge. Yeah. He was just really good, I thought. He yeah. had a lot of, I don't know, nuance, maybe you could say. He was just, he played it so well. Yeah, he was really good. And yeah, very sincere, very, uh, just, uh, just a very, a character that you want to follow and you, you want to like. He was very good. And uh, this version is also just so handsomely produced. The cinematography is gorgeous. The way it uses light and shadow and everything like that is just beautiful. Yeah, I thought that everything looked really good. Kind of a pleasant surprise to yeah. see how well they did that. Yeah. Yeah, it, it really is beautiful. And don't watch, everybody out there in YouTube land, do not watch the colorized version. That's an atrocity <laughs> and is wrong on every level. It looks terrible and it's just wrong. Like for people to be altering other people's work that way without their signed consent. And I, I, it, it really bothers me. I hate it. And uh, so uh, the, this, in this version, they spend a lot of time with past and you get to see the, what I really think is interesting is you get to see uh, the little fan, and uh, but she's actually not little. She's actually older than Scrooge in this version. And in this version, uh, the, um, in this version, Scrooge's mother dies in childbirth. And so like, and, and his mother says, you know, take to the father, like take care of the baby, take care of Ebenezer, whatever. And uh, and then you see later on that uh, that Fan uh, is, has the same thing happen 
to, to her, she dies in childbirth, having a nephew, Fred and I, and Scrooge, she says, she says, please take care of, of, you know, the baby, please, please Scrooge and please Ebenezer. And he, but he like storms out. And so it's kind of an interesting thing. Like he realizes through the visit of the past that he realizes he did the same thing to, uh, to fan that his father had done to him, you know, that to his mother and uh, that he had treated him with the same sort of disdain that his father had treated him. And I thought that was really a, 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 an interesting and lovely sort of way to flesh out his character. Yeah. I, I really liked the backstory and I really liked how they explained why Scrooge treated his nephew like he did Yeah, because of his close relationship with his sister who died having his nephew. Right. I thought that was just a really great, I don't know if twist is the right word, but is, had any other versions done that before? Because that's not, that's not something that I was totally familiar with. And that's been so long since I've read the book. So maybe it was from the book. I'm not sure. No, I don't, the, I don't remember this. In the book, Fran is, and I don't know why they call her fan in this one, but Fran in the book is, is a, is younger than Scrooge. So obviously his mom didn't die in childbirth having him. And, uh, but his father's very bitter and, and whatever. And, and uh, so then this is a different take, but I, I think it, I like it. I think it's good. And what did you think of Mr. Jorkin? That's sort of a, uh, an interesting take Scrooge kind of away from, he takes Ebenezer away from Fezziwig with all these like promises and everything like that. And he ends. They end up embezzling. He end up. He ends up embezzling money from this company, but like the stockholders are so sort of scared of scandal that they basically agree. Scrooge and Marley agree to uh, pay the difference for the embezzlement to keep a hush hush, and they end up owning fifty one percent of this company. And uh, I I think it's it's interesting to me. I think it makes sense because. Uh, obviously Scrooge would have to have some kind of mentor to teach him the way and to, and there has to be something that would make him the way that he is. And, and I think it makes sense that he would have, uh, that he would slowly start making these bad decisions and these bad decisions. And I think the ones that they show in here with Mr. Jorkin, I think they feel plausible that like, those are the kind of sort of dirty deals that like he would become increasingly sort of used to sort of accepting and dealing with and everything like that. And uh, so, yeah, I don't know. What did you think of all yeah, that? This was, this was another thing that I don't think I've ever seen the story told like this before, but I thought it was really well written and I really liked how they fleshed out that portion of his life. It made a lot of sense. And I, I just, I really liked how it was written. Yeah. Yeah, me too. I mean, because he has to have something that has made him go from being in love. In this case, her name is Alice, his love. So he has to have something that made him go from being that person to being the one that fears the world too much. And uh, so it makes sense to me. I like it. I think it's good. And like I said, they spend a lot of time with past in this version. They're a little bit more clear in this version about sort of the Christianity that's a part of the book, 
they talk about how he is, he's not just ignored like a, a pleasant holiday, but that he has ignored Jesus Christ and his gift. And, uh, and then Tiny Tim, it makes it very clear when he talks about hoping that the people will remember who died on the cross. And uh, you're supposed to basically, it's, it's a way to sort of show uh, this whole story is about kind of not only in the book, the story is not just about somebody ignoring a pleasant holiday. It's, it's about Scrooge has turned his back on Christ and has turned his back on it's, it's very clear. And so that's also part of sort of this redemption story is him not only is his coming back to his coming back to faith, not just celebrating Christmas. And uh, so I like that in this and you get your present and, uh, and present tells Scrooge the child born in Bethlehem. He does not live in men's heart one day a year, but in all the days you have chosen not to seek him in your heart. Therefore you shall come with me and seek him in the hearts of men of goodwill. So they are pretty forward about sort of that religious element of the story. Maybe it's because I haven't read the book in so long, but I wasn't, I wasn't really thinking about that being such a big part of the story. Mm -hmm. And like I said, it's been so long since I read the book. I really, I should have read the book before I started this whole series, but I liked how they did it in this version. They did it in such a way that it didn't feel like they were shoehorning it in because that's that always feels like most of the time when there's like a religious message in a movie, it always feels like it's kind of being forced into the movie and it doesn't feel genuine enough. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But I, I thought that they did a really good job of putting it in this movie and making it feel like this is legitimately something that should be part of the story. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and you see Alice, and once future comes, you see Alice at this poor house, and what has happened to her, and, uh, and her serving and everything, and uh, I don't know, there's just a lot of just emotional scenes, and, and I think they, they do have some of that dialogue, like the quote I just read, but I, I think they sort of show the, the religious aspect of the story without it. I don't think without it being like too preachy in my opinion. Yeah. And it's just, it's just moving in the end. It just adds this extra sort of layer to the story. And yeah. I, I mean, if I was going to fault this movie at all, maybe they spent too long in past. Uh, but I, I don't know. I just think it's so beautifully made. It's scary. Like the scares are legit. And, and I was it's surprised at how dark it got. It. Yeah. <laughs> it, it gets really dark. And the sound design especially like the sound effects for when marley is coming yeah that was like really haunting and mm -hmm. i i really enjoyed how creepy that was yes it's really creepy and i love the 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 way that uh i don't know even the way that marley looked the way he's kind of translucent for that era i think it looked pretty good yeah. special effects well, they did a great job yeah and you just buy it. I think it's, it's Alistair Sims is so strong. I really also like the Cratchits in this. I really like Tiny Tim in this. He's, he's I was really good. surprised at how much I like Tiny Tim because I'm, I'm kind of picky when it comes to child actors. Uh -huh. Like I, people like to, people give kids a pass because they're cute. 
And it, it just annoys me when they have an adorable kid in movies and they can't say their lines realistically for anything. Tiny Tim was so good. I just, yeah. I really liked all of his kids, but Tiny Tim just, it, maybe it's because I've, it's a kind of a low bar, but I was just blown away by how yeah, he good. was really good. This almost feels like a Hitchcock film. It's just so well made. It's so well, uh, it's, it's just beautiful to watch. It's emotional. I think it works. And uh, well acted, well, I mean, it's just a, a Academy Award worthy film. And yeah. Uh, so, yeah, it's, it's a great holiday classic. Uh, and yeah, it's my favorite, like sort of the traditional versions but uh, I, I mean, it's hard for me to find there are there are like two versions of christmas carol i don't like but for the most part i i like on some i can enjoy watching almost every version i just love the story of redemption and that there's yeah. no lost causes in this crazy world we live in and that anybody can change and and uh, and i think that's probably one reason why i like this story so much is because I've said for years, I'm just a sucker for redemption stories. I yeah. love it when a bad guy becomes a good guy. It's just, it's just one of my favorite tropes, I guess yeah. you could say. I just, I love it. And this is one of the quintessential versions of that trope. I just, I really like it. Yeah. And also, I do love the way that this movie uses carols. It kind of underscores the religious themes, yeah. but also it, it's just really effective in, in, in sort of underscoring idea of repentance and atonement and and redemption yeah. and all that it's really good yeah the music the music that they had in this movie was just perfect yeah it was perfect yeah i agree so yeah this is a great version and i think that alistair sims you get to see that comedic timing when he's doing what i call sc crazy scrooge you know and you wake up and he's like i'm alive you know and all this stuff like, yeah. the spirits did it all in one night <laughs> He, he really was crazy. I could I could totally understand his housekeeper's horror. Yeah, that's a great <laughs> scene. Yeah, uh, these are three fun versions of Christmas Carol. I definitely recommend that you check them out. I I have uh, I'll put a link in the description section to my Scrooge month uh, series uh, where I talk about the different versions. The only ones that I really dislike is I hate the Ghost of Girlfriend's Past, which is kind of a take on. Christmas Carol, and I also hate the All Dogs Go to Heaven Christmas Carol. It's terrible. There's like a sorcerer's dog that's like poisoning the water, and it's really bad. <laughs> so, uh, so those are my two. And All Dogs Go to Heaven Christmas Carol is my least favorite animated film I've ever seen. I hate it. It's terrible. <laughs> so, uh, but other than that, I pretty much have something nice to say about almost every version that I've seen. Yeah, I really like this story, and I really like seeing how different movie makers put their own stamp on yeah. each different one. Me too, me too. So, well, thanks for joining me to talk about uh, Christmas Carol. This was so fun. It's a fun thing to do around the holidays. Yeah, yeah I really enjoyed this. I think we're going to have to do it again next year. Yes. So how can people find you? You can find me on Twitter and pretty much everywhere else at John J. North, J-O-N-J-N-O-R-T-H. And you can find me on YouTube. And I'll have links down in there below. And find me at Smiling LDS Girl on social media and at Rachel's Reviews on iTunes and YouTube. 
And so check that out at my blog, 54disneyreviews.com. So I'm all over the place. And also check out the Hallmarkies podcast if you haven't. Uh, it's something I'm really, really proud of uh, to see more of my views of these uh, TV movies because uh, it's just so much fun, me and my friend Amber. So that's it. And we will see you all later. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. God bless us, everyone. <laughs> <laughs>